Welcome to another edition of PA High School Football Report podcast powered by Penn Live and the Patriot News. I'm Eric Epler from Penn Live, and we are thrilled this week to have a real true football guy riding shotgun for the next 20 minutes or so. We are just a few short days away from signing day number two uh, for the class of 2020 athletes who did not sign on December 20th. And that time frame coincides with the unveil, a selection process of the Big 33 roster. That is closing in fast. So knowing that, we welcome in Big 33 Executive Director Gary Cathell. Gary, are you staying warm, my friend? I am, Eric. Uh, you know what? It's, uh, it's wintertime in Pennsylvania. So this is what we expect. January is being bad, uh, a bad month, and it's living up to all those cold expectations. But uh, I am. And, uh, hey, things, as you said, are heating up in, in our end of this selection process and everything. So uh, we're real excited. Thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. That's my that's my one and only. I'm getting old, so the temperature matters more to me now. Question. <laughs> Don't whole tell day. me you're going to be one of those guys that go down to Florida. Huh? <laughs> hey, I know you're a, Clar- you're a Clarton guy, so you're used to it. You're used to it. Oh, oh man. Yes. So you're all right. Gary, before before we get to uh, some of the questions that I'm I'm routinely asked, you know, year in and year out about the Big 33, uh, essentially known uh, throughout as the Super Bowl, high school football. Some of the big news in the offseason, well, it, I guess it would have just been maybe a month or two ago, was the change in venue. Uh, as most people know, Hershey Park Stadium was the permanent home for the Big 33 for decades. And then came the move to Central Dolphins Landis Field with the transfer of power, if you will, to the PA Football Coaches Association from the Big 33 Scholarship Foundation. So three Big 33 games were contested at Landis Field. The 2020 game obviously had to be canceled due to the pandemic. But now the move to Bishop McDevitt's Rocco Ortenzio Stadium. Gary, can you offer some reasons sort of why the change in venue was, was deemed necessary? Yeah, Eric. A lot of uh, reasons why we decided to move the venue uh, for this year. Particularly, we had some discussions. First of all, uh, Central Dolphin had been very, very good for us. It was a nice venue. It fit, fit all our needs. When we, you had mentioned how the PSFCA took over a few years ago, uh, for the foundation. And as I went in and had to look at the books, I one of the biggest expenses, obviously, was the Hershey venue, and we couldn't do it. So we reached out to um, CD. They were good for us. Uh, they worked with us. Most recently, as of the last game, this is kind of what is making the decision, made the decision to move on to another venue. Central Dolphin School District had decided not to have graduation anymore at the Giant Center. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that they do is they they have their graduation for one of their schools the day after Memorial Day or the first day of the month. So it's usually right around that time that uh, they're going to need the stadium right away. As we went into last year's game and it was the first situation that they had to get that venue ready. You know, it was for a while there, it was a little bit shaky. They almost were going to close the door on us a little bit, but, you know, they were gracious enough to have us. And what I found is it's just, if it continued, if it had continued to be the graduation coming in the day after our event, you know, it was just, it was too much on everybody over there. So I started to look and, um, one of the reasons we uh, have had the game in Central Dolphin was it was in Dolphin County. Mm-hmm. One of our biggest sponsors is is the county, 
And, you know, we owe it to them to keep the game within the county. And Central Dolphin obviously had the space and, and everything that we were looking for. So as this scenario came upon us, I uh, did some investigation with the people that I knew and uh, around the area. And we had to come up with a venue that we felt was suitable size-wise. And, you know, we're trying to get that, you know, seven 8,000 mark into the stadium at least. And, um I talked to some people at McDevitt and, you know, they actually, when I approached them, they were very, very excited and they excited me. And that's how the switch came about. I, I had let the Central Gulf know that we were going to move on. We did not want to burn any bridges with them. Like I said, they were very, very good to us. It was a nice venue, but you know what? It's mutually time to move on. The only negative thing about moving on is CD was starting to be the venue that everybody was familiar with for the Big 33 game. Right. We have to bring that back now as we move again. But with that being said, we're very, very excited to be at Bishop McDevitt. And they are very, very happy to have us. Man, you know, plans, plans are just moving very smoothly. One other big reason that really swayed us going to McDevitt is that we can have all of our activities at one site. You know, we, we weren't able to do that the last few years at Central Dolphin. We had to have practices at Palmyra and Hershey High School. And now uh, with the situation we're in right now, we're having everything up there. Cheerleading practices, other games, other events, other activities. Both football teams will be up there. So it's going to make everything a lot easier for our staff and and, you know, it, it allows us to save save a little bit of money without having to insure other sites and other venues and, right. you know, pay those expenses. So it's really turning out to be a good scenario. I mentioned earlier about the team being pieced together. Obviously, we're in the last few days, let's call it maybe weeks, of evaluating hundreds of eligible senior players. Can you elaborate on the process? This is a question I get a lot. Uh, about how the process works, where it typically takes place, and, and the number of coaches that sort of look at each each position. Obviously, there's fluctuation in this every year. You know, a single coach doesn't evaluate defensive backs every year. They change ro- on a rotation basis, and obviously the names of coaches change as well. So can you just sort of tidy up the selection process uh, for the people? Eric, I appreciate you asking that question because – you know, the, the, those are the same questions that I get. How How is this team selected? I know that that Homer uh, Delatry from Hollidaysburg, who serves on our board, he he kind of sends, sends something out to uh, Pennsylvania Football News, and they have a little outline of, of how it works. We feel that we have a very fair and very good process for selecting players. One thing for sure, it's not the old boys club, and it's not the type of situation where if a head coach is a one of our state directors his players don't automatically get in I can vouch for that I've been involved with the PSFCA for almost 35 years I've had a lot of players that didn't get in and and I served on the board we have come up with a pretty good and pretty intense selective selection system for our players uh, one of the things that is required is every head coach has to be a member of our association. And a lot of people, again, in the, in the general public don't know that. They'll say, well, why didn't Jimmy Smith get picked 
into the Big 33. Well, his coach uh, may not have nominated him or his coach may not have been a member. When we know that there's really good kids out there, um, a lot of our directors will sometimes reach out to those coaches, say, hey, you're going to nominate your kid. Uh, you know, we know he's a good player and you have to join the association. So so that's the number one criteria. The coach, each high school coach has to be a member of our association. And once that coach is is a member, we will send out materials in regard to nominations. Uh, I want to say this year we put them out the early part of November asking the coaches to mail in their nominations to us. And the nominations did close on December 31st at midnight. We roughly had this year 530 plus players nominated for the game. Great number for us. Uh, We were very, very excited about that. And these players are not only being nominated for the Big 33 game, they're also being nominated as potential East-West game players because that, that selection process ties, the, both of those tie together. And I'll explain that a little bit. So as we have the uh, 530, uh, let's just use the quarterbacks, for example. Let's just say that there were 40 quarterbacks that show up on the nomination list. Well, in Pennsylvania, we obviously, we have the 12 districts. Each of the 12 districts of the PSFCA we have district directors that come from specific districts. Some districts are bigger than others, which mean there's more directors, as many as five, all the way down to one director for some of the smaller districts. So what we do is we place the directors on um, committees. And with the committees, we try to have about five or six of the coaches or uh, directors uh, partake in Again, we'll use the quarterbacks as an example. And also, we want to try to make sure that the six or five directors will represent a large part of the state. Because if I'm Coach A and I coach out in the Erie area, I may not have seen a quarterback that's on the eastern side of the state. And, and in the committee, with, with a well-rounded group, you're going to at least have have a director on there that may know something little about that player or may have even coached against them. So we have a good array within our committees to evaluate. And then once we get to the selection process, you know, really have some good discussion. But as a as all as our directors are split into committees, uh, we have a, a coach who takes care of putting all of the information into databases. And every one of the quarterbacks coach will receive a list of the 52 quarterbacks. Their responsibility for a two-week period in December, or excuse me, in January, is to evaluate all 52 kids and come up with a, a numerical list as number one, your best quarterback, all the way down to who you felt was your 52nd best quarterback. Thing about it is every kid will get evaluated by at least five or six coaches at that time. After the two-week evaluation period, those committees, every, every committee member sends it to, uh, again, our coach, Ed Gallagher from Soudertown. Mm-hmm. He is our statistical wizard. He compiles all of the quarterbacks' numerical values based on how they were turned in. So if Jimmy Smith from Willowshank, and that's not a high school, 
Jimmy Great Smith idea. and Willis Shank had all low scores. He's going to kind of be up at the top of Ed's list with the supply numerical. So it, again, that's not going to determine who the actual quarterbacks are, but it'll give that committee an opportunity to discuss. And that's what will happen next week. We are actually this week, this Friday, we have our meeting at uh, Penn State. It's our selection meeting. We will spend a whole lot of time with coaches in their committees, and those five coaches will come together. They'll see how everybody else evaluated the quarterbacks, and they'll come to consensus as to the the quarterbacks that will be selected. Now, Johnny Franco from Tyrone High School is the head coach of the Big 33 team. Johnny Franco, prior to this meeting, will tell all of the coaches what he's looking for personnel-wise. Mm-hmm. We have 30, 38 players that play on the Big 33 roster. There's some players, uh, there's there's a punter, a kicker, and a long snapper that are always part of the, the roster already. And so they'll have those spots to fill in other than the three specialty players. So let's just say that Johnny has decided he would like to have two quarterbacks. And so the committee knows what they have to bring. They got to bring the top two quarterbacks to our voting meeting, which is held later that night. But uh, they'll get in and they'll hash everything out in their committee. They'll come out with a final list of number one through 52 after a good hour and a half, two hour meeting. So they'll have all these kids re-ranked and the numbers will be number one through 52. So Johnny Smith from Willowshank, let's say he was the number one quarterback. So he would automatically be placed on the big 33 roster along with the number two quarterback Mm -hmm. uh, on the list. And the number three quarterback would be placed on his side of the state as the number one quarterback from, let's just say he's from Eastern Pennsylvania and he would be on the East squad. So he would be the first East quarterback and he would go, onto that roster and we can fill in uh you know all three rosters by doing that all the way down with each of the committees you know numerically valuing each player and once we have all the committees list back in we'll put the big 33 up on the board and the directors will vote on the team before we leave that night and then typically we will not we will not reach out until the play, to the players until we have our press conference. I can tell you in the past, we learned a lesson with this. As soon as the team was selected, we reached out to the players to see if they would commit to play. Well, you know, before uh, we changed the date to the Memorial Day weekend, we were still in June and my first year running the game when we selected the team we had 14 players who couldn't play because they had they were already going to leave for school. Right. And so we had to replace 14 players. We put the new list out as the first release, and then we got a lot of negative feedback. Why didn't this kid get picked? Why didn't? So what we do is we put out the original team, and if, if a kid withdraws from the team, you know, it pretty much would be their decision. And then you know, publicly people can see that, you know, that kid was selected and, and 
for whatever reason, chose not to play. That's kind of everything in a nutshell. I can tell you this, when, when kids are, kids drop out, let's, let's use that quarterback list, one through 52 again. Let's say uh, number three was from the East, like we said. Let's say number four was from the East, like we said. So, so right away, you have two quarterbacks that are already on the East-West team. If the number five quarterback is from the East, then he won't make the East team. If we go to number six and he's from the East, that kid would not be. And not until we see the first, you know, West kid on that quarterback list. Now, let's just say number two up above decides to pull out, a game, out of the game. Eric, what we, all that we do is we bump everybody up. That's the fairest way to do it. We don't put any kid in any place because of his coach or the venue or anything else like that. But we have a nice system. It bumps right up. We've had kids bump up to the Big 33 game the last minute. I know last year we had a kid that, that bumped in uh, Aiden. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember Aiden's last name. He was on uh, the, uh, the West team, was from a small high school. Uh, we bumped him up. He had two practices um, with the East-West, and he had two practices uh, with Big 33. He ended up going and playing in the Big 33 game, made a big play, Was uh, actually caused the first turnover of the game, which led, led to a touchdown. So, mm-hmm. so all of these kids, they have definitely you know, a shot with the, the history that we have in the East-West game. We feel that it's a it's a big honor to play in that game if you don't get chosen for the big thirty three, and you know because it's all tied together now with we're calling it a high school football weekend that you know it's all together and everybody can be represented. We can represent the state of Pennsylvania with a lot of good football players. So that's the process. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and typically when we get some complaints, every complaint will end up coming to me. Nobody on our committees are to answer any complaints. We want to have one message as to why a player may not have been selected, and that will that will come directly from me to, to whomever wishes to question what's going on. The other thing that we've done, we've taken it out of the coach's hands. Coaches will not have any say into who, who plays in the game. The, the coaches are essentially given a team from us only with the parameters of the positions that that head coach want. And again, that takes a little bit of pressure off of him. You know, people can't go back to him and say, why didn't you pick my kid? Well, he had nothing to do with it. It is the the committee that picks players. And I feel like we've done a really good job putting this system together over the last maybe 15 years with the advancements in technology and everything. That's, That's really helped. So I know there's a lot of talk there, Eric, but uh, hopefully you were able to get an understanding and, and your guests would have an understanding as well. I believe the high, you know, putting the, the basically creating a hierarchy within each position is something that most people don't know about the process. Um, we're chatting with Big 33 Executive Director Gary Cathell and Gary. So essentially just going back to that list real quick, you could conceivably because the East West game now are is two different all star games, small school and large school, which is. Classes four, five, and six being the large school game, mm-hmm. one, two, and three being the small school game. Mm-hmm. You could actually have that quarterback at 14 overall, but yet he's the number one quarterback for the small school because he would be the first one 
right? Yeah. Potentially be from a three A school or two A school or one A school. Exactly. So exactly. you could have, you know, you could have a a guy that would maybe be perceived as a you know as a sure thing, um, but he's the fifth best in the East, and exactly. basically, you know, basically, then you skip that and go down right. and fill out your gaps. So I think that's that's a part of the process too that most people don't get to see or don't don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand how that how that that works. They think that, well, my this kid right here didn't get picked at all for the East West game. He had great numbers compared to this other kid who's playing. And you know why? Why? Why didn't my kid make it? Well, that's that answers the question why. And honestly, Eric, one of the biggest things that I get is to why my kid didn't make it. All I got to do is look at the membership list, and that's the biggest one. It's very easy for me to tell these parents, your head coach never nominated. I don't like throwing our coaches under the bus, but right. when we get that call, that's the first thing we check. Did the coach nominate the player? Was the player nominated? If he was not on the list, it's obvious that the head coach didn't nominate him. And if he was evaluated, you know, I would go over our criteria and as we spoke right now. And say that same thing to that person. And it doesn't mean if, you know, uh, the kid didn't make the big 33 game right away. Like I said, we've seen a lot of kids getting bumped up play. And oh, yeah. all of a sudden they play in that in that big 33 game when they weren't originally chosen for. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, Maryland, obviously, is the opponent in the big 33 now for the past, uh, well, I guess, about eight or nine years now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, their process of selection is quite different, but that in-person sort of workouts that, that that they go through and the invitations to what it would essentially is a second or final workout is a little bit easier for them based on using the Baltimore Ravens uh, indoor facilities. The Ravens have been tremendous for the Maryland big 33 squad and giving them basically carte blanche and whatever they need. Has PA considered something similar or for something maybe down the road? I mean, there are plenty of logistics to overcome, even if you get, even if you do secure a site or a venue such as, let's say, Spooky Nook in Lancaster, a big indoor facility. Would that be an option that you guys would uh, entertain? Oh, Eric, we've discussed this a lot over the years. And Let's go to Maryland first and kind of clear up what they do. They they actually have a nomination process by their coaches. Mm-hmm. Their coaches send some nominations into the Big 33 committee down there. And then then they what they do is they have an invite based on the nomination. Obviously, we know Maryland's not as big as PA. I right. think the the total number of schools down there is about 250 compared to our 560 schools and you know, obviously they don't have the geographical spread out that that we have. So they're able to put that together with a tryout type of environment. You know, that's how they end up selecting their team. We've thought about, but here's where we've decided to continue on with the way that we do it. Let's just say that we do have a tryout. And let's just say that Jimmy Smith from from whistle whistle, you know, can't make it to that tryout. So we're purely basing that tryout, you know, the the Big Thirty Three team on that tryout, right? Or the two tryouts. And if Jimmy can't make it, how can we say that Jimmy is going to be? Let's just say that Jimmy's a quarterback who's being recruited Division One all the play, uh, all over the place and 
could be the number one quarterback, decided not to early enroll. And, you know, his father played in the game and would really like to play in the game. Well, if we're going to use tryouts to, to pick these players and this kid's from way over on one corner of the state and can't make it during that tryout day, how can we justify picking him when he hasn't come to the players who did come and vice versa, you know, the players that did come, well, should they, they be the ones who get chosen. So that had always been a juggling issue within our directors. We talked about these last three years have been the first year where we have brought in kickers to spooky nook and kind of done the kicking. Right. And, and one of the reasons why we do that is obviously it's, it's film evaluation that is used to pick these players. Well, when you get, 40 kickers and and you look a video on them, they yeah. make all their kicks. They make all their extra points. They make all their field goals attempts. They kick the ball in the end zone because those are the ones that show on their highlight tape. Much harder to evaluate. So we invite them in. And, and again, the kids who can't make it, they are not ruled out. There's been some, uh, we do some things all year long with the kickers, with their statistics and film, film clips. and. Uh, you know, we're not relying on the on just kickers coming to Spooky Nook to see what they're all about. But what it does, it gives that committee a chance to see them. We can't do that with all of our other kids. Right. You know, bringing in, you know, 500 plus kids to evaluate just just wouldn't be the way to do it. And and I don't foresee in the future that we would go to any type of tryout for the game. Well, we're going to we're going to let the, the videos be the marker for the kid making the roster. And also, you know, as we go through and evaluate players, you know, we want to make sure that we get players who who do the right things. Because, um, as you know, we bring these players into Harrisburg area and they stay in people's homes. And, uh, you know, obviously we do a little background checking on on the players to see, you know, if there's anything that we need to be aware of or, you know, maybe some trouble that the kid got in after, after the season was over. And so those are all considerations that we have when we put together this final team. And, you know, we, we always want to put the best team on the field and sometimes it's, it's not the original team that we pick. I would venture to say, we'll come up with the team Friday night and by time kickoff happens on, on the 30th, there's probably going to be some changes. It's a great process. You know, uh, you know, Maryland does a great job with their selection process. Those guys down there are great to work with. They've gotten it down pretty good now. You know, they feel comfortable with the teams that they're bringing up here. Uh, I know that they're they're trying to load load the gun up this year. Uh, they brought in their Bill McGregor, their big time coach uh, from the Matha High School, and they're they're really going to come after PA. Talking with them, they have a a pretty good list of players that they're evaluating down there. So they're excited, excited about it. So hopefully that gives some background as to what we're doing with them. Yeah, Getting back to uh, PA, I would imagine you mentioned Coach Franco earlier. I would imagine the selection process uh, is pretty easy uh, to select a coaching staff or particularly a head coach. Um, is it just sort of merit-based or guys have been around uh, within the organization and have actually – maybe started, uh, you know, was a previously an assistant coach on a staff for a big 33 game. And now it's just, you know, I'm assuming it's very merit-based and the guys sort of get together in room and go, Hey, Hey, this is our guy for this year. How does that, how does that 
process happen? Well, first of all, we do have a nomination process for coaches. That's obviously, you can get that on our website, www.big33.org. Got information on there. Only coaches can nominate, you know, other coaches. Uh, and you have to be a member to nominate a coach. But, but what happens is, as we're trying to fill these coaching spots, let's just say before, this will be the maybe the 18th or 19th year of the East-West games. I, I don't even know the number. Prior to that, we had a little policy that when a coach was selected to be the head coach of Big 33, he would have had to be an assistant at one time before he can be the head coach. Now, that's very, very similar to what we're doing now, but we're tying in, you know, guys who were assistant coaches in the East-West. You know, if they were assistant coach in the East-West, they, they could qualify to be a, a head coach for the Big 33 as well. And those are the things that we kind of look at. We do alternate the head coaching positions uh, East and West every year. Johnny Franco's from Tyrone. I believe Tyrone's a Western, Western school mm-hmm. in, in the way we split the state. Next year's head coach will obviously now come from the East as we do our nomination. We usually select our coaches in our March meeting. So a lot of that data and information comes in. But, but typically, the guys who are the head coaches on all five of our teams have coached in one respect or another, either in the Big 33 as an assistant or the East-West games as an assistant prior to becoming a head coach. Even now, the head coaches for the East-West games would have been somebody who was an assistant for them before they can get picked for the East-West game head coach. With that, once back in the day, I know when, when I was coaching, I, I got to coach in the Big 33 game as an assistant. I would have had, you know, if, if ever I had another opportunity, I could have been the head coach. We kind of do something very similar to that now. Even if a guy is an assistant and then he's the head coach of an East-West team, he can still be the head coach of the Big 33. You know, we've kind of bent the rules a, a little bit to accommodate guys who were uh, – you know, felt deserved that shot at being in the Big 33 game. And uh, it's worked out. And we've had some great coaches in the five or six years that, that I've been involved in. Obviously, prior to that, we've had some really great coaches. I don't think most people know, Gary, but um, you were a head coach at several stops, including a couple different levels. Uh, of yes. Football. So any, any yeah. chance any chance that you just keep the, the sponsors by themselves and you coaching cameo sometime in the future? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You know what? I was fortunate enough to do be on the field for 35 years. Yep. Uh, I had some great stops at places I coached. No, if I do any coaching, it probably will be youth league with my grandchildren. But uh, <laughs> no, I tell you what, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I know when I left the coaching profession itself, I missed it. And this gives me my football fix. But I can tell you this, as an old football coach, I'm learning a lot of business being involved in this position and it's actually like doing a new new profession. Yeah. But I still get I still get that football fix being around football. So no, I wouldn't call. And plus I was an old wing T guy. Eric. There you they, go. They, there you they go. Don't put, they don't put those guys in to be head coach of the big 33 team, the wing T guys. No, you, you can't, you can't pull out wing T at the big 33 game. That would, that would be a no, no. They did get you off the sideline pretty quick. Um, Gary, just a couple, couple quick things uh, to tidy up. I know there's, there's been a longstanding relationship with the big 33 and the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. does, does that remain a tight sort of productive bond between the two or, or, or 
Maybe the better question is, is what does sort of the NFL provide for the Big 33 game? Well, let me say this. I know that I'd like to break this news-wise, and I'm sure you probably already know that of the four teams remaining uh, uh, in the NFL playoffs, uh, we obviously will, our streak will continue. We have players on three of the four teams, two AFC teams we have uh, players on, so they would be represented there. So our Super Bowl streak continues. I know that uh, also working with the NFL, you mentioned the Ravens work really good with um, the Maryland team. We've been kind of uh, getting our foot in the door with our two teams up here in Pennsylvania, the Eagles and the Steelers. They've been sending gear to the players. Uh, If you recall uh, a few years ago when uh, Mark, Mark Evans was the head coach, the Big 33 team was invited to announce the third round pick in Philadelphia. And I know that the, uh, the that same year, those the players down in uh, Maryland were tied in with that. So, so it's been kind of a nice relationship. If you if you take a look, our East West colors are Pittsburgh Steeler and Philadelphia Eagle colors. Those I, those organizations are getting more and more involved. A few years back, we had some other of the other teams in the league that took out sponsorships for us. The Texans, when Bill O'Brien was there, he knew the importance of the Big 33 game, and he sent a sponsorship up from the Texans. We've had the Bengals, the Chicago Bears. They had done sponsorships. Uh, Obviously, the Eagles, the uh, Steelers, and the Ravens have all put sponsorship money in. Uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Miami. We have a big connection down down at Tampa Bay right now. Bruce Arians is very, very close, and the Arizona Cardinals with Brett Veach and Steve Keim. Yeah. Brett actually was on my team in 97. Hmm. So uh, it's it's pretty neat seeing the success that he's had. Steve gives back tremendously to us with the Cardinals being the, G- the GM there. And, you know, we brought him back and he was an honorary chair the first year that we ran the game. So there's a lot of ties we want to continue to work in and get, you know, the NFL involved. And it's a process. Those pro teams, they don't like to share their logo too much if they're not making a whole lot of money. with (laughs) We're trying to get money from them, but uh, they know the importance of what they term the youth football. We're, We're in their youth category. High school is their youth. It's not just the little kid when they're discussing football at the lower levels at the NFL. So we're going to reach out. Again, it was nice I think last year, the Eagles sent the players, uh, the PA players, a couple different shirts, a couple hats. And what we end up doing is we take, we put them all in their gear and take pictures and send them back to the organization. Well, the Steelers found out they sent that gear. So they sent two hats and a few more shirts. So we got a little bit of competition going on. And I kind of set that up too. I, nice. I'll call each one of them and I'll say, well, you, you know what Philadelphia game is? <laughs> <laughs> but it works out pretty good. And, you know, those kids, they love getting gear and we love giving gear to them. We're beating the pavement for sponsors and we can give all those great gifts to these players and cheerleaders and buddies and everybody else. All right. We're wrapping up our Q&A with Big 33 Executive Director Gary Cathell. So, Gary, uh, lay down a timeline just quick for the last the next couple of weeks. When will the team be unveiled? You know, sort of I know you're I know you're tidying up the initial list this weekend up at Penn State and all the evaluations. When will the team be released? And then we'll move forward from that moment. Right now, uh, we're going to try to tie together a press conference, either the next to last uh, or the last week in February. 
and it would probably be on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. That's what we're going to shoot for. There's a lot of parties that we need to make sure that they would be available, and it's important that they're there. But uh, we'd like to get that out then, and um, when the announcement come, you know, we have we have some people like like Billy Splain at PFN, and and yourself, Eric, who do a great job covering covering our events and you know put things together for the players, and and it's really nice nice situation. So to answer that question, I would say roughly about three or four weeks from now. We'll have that announcement come out. And then probably in about another week or a week and a half to two weeks, we'll have the Maryland team as well. Nice. Well, everybody, I think, looks forward to this uh, every year. It's been it's been a great event. I think it's, I don't know, we're 65 now, 66? It's a 65. 65. It's a 65. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, which is tremendous. The history surrounding the game and, and the, all the players and – it's been a tremendous, a tremendous run, and we look forward to Memorial Day weekend. Gary, thank you so much for your insight. Again, these are questions that I, I get quite often about the process and the selection committees mm-hmm. and things like that. But I, you know, I believe this to be one of the coolest, certainly tradition-rich events in, in all of high school sports. So, congrats to you and your team for keeping this thing moving forward, and uh, we look forward to the unveil here at the end of February. Eric, I thank you. I thank you for all that you do for us. We appreciate you and appreciate your work. That means a lot to me. It means a lot to my staff. We're just part of the part of the program, and we're trying to keep this thing and give it the credit it deserves. When I'm done with it, I want to be able to hand it off to somebody who, who keeps it going and tries to keep it going at a high level. So thank you for all your, your support and help with making that happen. Eric. I appreciate it. Very Not much. a problem. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Gary. All right. That'll do it for high school football report. Uh, tune in next week. We'll talk a little bit subjects, probably signing day because we're encroaching, encroaching that, uh, that second window here for, for class of 22, 22 athletes. Um, so that's it for Gary Cathell. I'm Eric Epler, Live. Thanks for joining us.